Salut, je suis Carissa, a beautiful creepster, et vous êtes en train d'écouter A Paranormal Chicks. Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 21. Blackjack. Flapjack. <laughs> oh, so we're just rhyming now. Uh-huh. Hey. Applejacks. No. Does that rhyme? That no. doesn't rhyme. No. Mm-mm. Well, Hooked on Phonics did not work for me. <laughs> you remember those commercials? Yeah. They were a horror. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Touche. Touche. <laughs> I bet all those people in rural Wyoming got it, though. Fuck you. <laughs> You can bring up my horror. Horror. <laughs> okay, moving on. Okay. So, speaking of saying things differently. Oh, okay. Carissa. Why did I say it like that? I don't know, but she explains it all. Uh, that's Clarissa. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know why I said that so bitchy. Um, that's a Clarissa. Because you saltier than I like my popcorn. I mean, what is wrong with me today? Whew. Today? <laughs> Not today. <laughs> okay, moving back on to Carissa, who gave us that amazing introduction. Right? How many words you knew what she said? Carissa, a paranormal chicks. Same. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm guessing she said, hello, Carissa, a paranormal chicks. Mm, probably. <laughs> Those are all the words she said. The rest was not. No. <laughs> the rest sounded like freaking music because I love listening to languages. Mm-hmm. Wish I could speak them more. I don't. I do not have a brain for languages. I don't either. And I fucking minored in Latin. It's a dead language. It is. It's not, though. It's not. A lot of medical terms are Latin. Yeah. I mean, duh, it's like the basis of language. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, if you want to introduce an episode, you know what to do. Head on to patreon.com forward slash the APC podcast and check out the tiers. And, check out the tiers. And if you are a beautiful creepster or up, you get to do a <laughs> up, <laughs> up all, all night. night. <laughs> <laughs> we know Carrie isn't. No. Anyway. She's looking for a man who is, though. Okay. Shaylon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, beautiful creepster and all night get to introduce an episode okay (laughs) i'm sure dogs and birds everywhere go (laughs) (laughs) what did meanwhile meanwhile carrie's gonna listen to this because again she listens to all the episodes and she's gonna be like that hurt about years yeah you want to just hit the ground running well i never want to run hit the ground and just sit I mean, sloth style, Ryan. Okay, okay. That's me. All right, here we go. Here's my first sinister sighting. My husband has seen shadow people his whole life. It wasn't until we had been together for a few years before he started telling me when he would see them. He would just say things like, is someone outside? Then he'd go look and say, never mind, it was just a shadow person passing by. I would be like, what the heck? And go look out and never see anything. Right. Uh, No big deal. (laughs) And then, like, in... Asterisk, she said, the girl that does my hair said I haven't seen them because I'm desperate and ghosts like it when people play hard to get. Uh. <laughs> anyway, telling me about the shadow people then led him to telling me 
when he would see other spirits. This is a story all about how my life got flipped. No. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. damn, I know that. <laughs> she said, no, that's not what she said. This is a story of the first time it happened. We were house shopping, and we were looking at a house that was built in the 70s. It had a basement that had been turned into a small apartment. Everything was looking promising until we went into the bathroom down in the apartment. It had an uncomfortable vibe, but nothing so strong I wouldn't go in there. I went in, looked around. Cool. It's a bathroom. My husband went in and came back pretty quickly. We finished looking around down there. When the realtor was walking back up the stairs, my husband whispered, An old lady died in there. I was like, uh-uh. Huh? He repeated, an old lady died in there, and she's still here. Mm-mm. Now, I'm creeped the fuck out because of how I felt in the bathroom and because he's never said anything like that before. We told the realtor that we weren't interested in the house because the apartment setup wasn't practical for us and left. On the way home, he told me that a few times in his life he has seen spirits, and he had just seen another one. He said when he went to the bathroom, the ghost was sitting on the edge of the tub. She didn't say anything. She just looked at him. At that point in my husband's life, he had never tried to communicate with a spirit, so he just panicked and walked right back out of the room. About a month later, we bought a house down the street from the first house. The first house had been sold, and another family was already living in it. After living in our new house for a while, we made friends with some neighbors, and I asked them about the first house and who had previously lived there. A neighbor told me it had been an older couple who had lived there for like 30 years. After their kids moved away, they made the basement into an apartment so the wife's elderly mother could move in. The mother lived with them for a few years and then passed away in the bathroom after a heart attack. No! It's not that I didn't believe him, but getting confirmation that my husband really did see an actual person blew my freaking mind. Since then, we moved again to a different city. My husband has been working on his ability slash spiritualism and is better equipped to interact with spirits. We hope the old lady isn't still there since her family left. We never met the people that bought the house, and Utah isn't really a place where you'd be welcome if you just randomly knocked on a door and told people there was a ghost in the basement. <laughs> so my husband was never able to go back and talk to the old woman. So that's the story of the first time my husband told me a real ghost story. Rachel. Holy shit. Wowza. Oh my God. That was a good one. Yes. <laughs> I'd have died. I would have died. Right? Ding dong, the witch is dead. Died. <laughs> I died. Ding dong, the bitch is dead. You know, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> my sister introduced me to your podcast, and I am in love with it. Oh. We grew up in Mexico in a house that was full of creepy happenings. We were the first and only inhabitants of that house, which makes it even harder to know what happened there. Side note, my sister is way more receptive than I am, and she could tell you more than one story that happened to her. I am scared of everything. <laughs> the oldest memories I have of the house are super vivid even today. For starters, we would hear the plates, pots, glasses, etc. shatter on the ground every night. It was as if the whole kitchen cabinet would fall down every single night. Wow. But since we grew up with those sounds, it never really disturbed us. We would also hear steps walking back and forth in the hallway. I am scared of hallways till this day. Also, a gray lady lived there. What? <laughs> I sound like, whoop. 
Okay. I actually called 911 again, apparently. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I remember seeing her while I was doing a masterpiece on one of our walls as a kid. Oh. LOL. <laughs> then I had to laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I got it from the LOL. <laughs> Well, I wanted to R-O-F-L, and now I'm out of breath. L-M-A-O. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. She seemed to ignore my presence at first and was prancing around, twirling and minding her own business. She went into one bedroom, and I followed her. She was still doing her thing, and all of a sudden, her eyes fixated on me, and she had a really annoyed expression on her face. Like... How dare you disturb me while I dance? That scared me a lot, and I just closed the door and ran downstairs as fast as I could. But the worst thing that happened happened to my mom, although my sister would beg to differ. She woke up unable to move. Something pinned her down in the bed in a cross-like position, and she heard an animal outside growling, wanting to come into the house. What? Needless to say, she was scared to death. She started praying and declaring that God was our protector and nothing bad could enter our house. She told the thing that it wasn't welcome in her house. This went on for a while. She prayed to God to protect us, my sister, my brother, and me in our sleep and to cover us with his light. She visualized this happening. Well, years later, I was in my late 20s already. We were talking about that house, and I told her I remembered one time that something like a cocoon of light covered my sister and I, and I fell asleep immediately. She turned white and started crying and told me what happened that night for the first time. It gave me chills. Even though that event was pretty scary, we at least knew God had our backs and he protected us. My parents eventually sold the house, and we moved far from there. My father got a call one day from the new owner and asked him if anything weird happened to us while living there. Apparently, his family was very scared and they moved out after only six months of living there. We lived there for almost nine years. Holy shit. I wonder what could have scared them that much. Thank you for reading. I know this was a long story. Creep it real, ladies. Wowza. Okay, I can't believe I'm finally getting around to doing this. Hi, Donna and Carrie. I'm Charlotte, and I am from Over the Pond in the UK. I've been listening to your podcast since December, and you both make me laugh to the point I end up crying. The threesome fuck you caused me some serious back bruising. Now, this this story is a little wordy. I'm a teacher. It's what I do. (laughs) I've been wanting to email about a story for a little while, but I wasn't sure which one to tell. I've had a few spooky paranormal encounters, and I'm always telling scary stories to my students. I've even given a couple of them nightmares. Oops. (laughs) I asked them which one I should tell y'all, and they all near enough voted this one. By the way, I teach at ages 11 through 16, so I'm not absolutely traumatizing babies. (laughs) So this will take a little explaining first. Seeing as the college-slash-university system and living arrangements are different here in the UK. So, you usually spend your first year in dorms and then move into a house. We don't have sororities or anything. You just rent a student house with however many people you'd like. So, I rented my final year with one of my closest friends, Catherine, but I always called her Catnip. Aww! We had been friends since we started university, and our second-year house had been a bit of a dive. We looked really hard at houses in the third year as we didn't want to end up in the same situation. 
Basically, it's relevant context, I promise. (laughs) The house we ended up choosing had been split into two. It originally had three floors, but had been split into two. There was a downstairs and an upstairs, and one above that was the biggest bedroom upstairs. Now, downstairs, there were two student nurses renting the flat, which meant the upstairs was free. They had actually moved from upstairs to down, but said there was nothing wrong with the place. They just wanted a change. Although I didn't think anything about it at the time, it had been a bit weird for them to move downstairs simply because they wanted a change. It meant a whole new lease and all the stuff like that. But Catnip and I didn't worry about that because we found our perfect home. As soon as you walked up the stairs, you opened the door to the apartment and the hall. To the left was a bathroom. Directly opposite the entry door was the kitchen. Next to the kitchen was a bedroom. And finally, on the right, there was another set of stairs that were open and led up to the biggest bedroom. Now, because I had gotten the biggest bedroom in the last place, I thought it was only fair that Katnick got the biggest room in this place. So I moved into the bedroom next to the kitchen and she moved upstairs. Now, I'm normally quite sensitive to all things spiritual. I don't know why. It doesn't run in my family or anything, but I always get vibes about the places I'm in. This place... This place was great. I felt so settled and at ease there. I never had any problem whatsoever. The only slight drawback was that the walls were super thin, and with the student nurses beneath us and the town we were living in being Student Party Central and having a massive rugby stadium opposite, it meant we heard everything. However, I'm a deep sleeper, so I got past it. It was Catnip who didn't like the house. She said she used to wake up at strange times in the night. Her bed was opposite the stairs, and there was an open banister, so a stair rail with slats. She told me that once she woke up and saw someone staring at her through the bars. No, 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 no. Normally, this would have freaked me out, but I felt nothing but settled here, so I just brushed it off. Eight months went without a hitch here. I loved the house, and it was really great because it was only a bus journey away from college and where I worked. I used to dress up as Queen Elsa from Frozen and do children's parties. Hey, it paid the rent. And Catnip used to work in a bar. And that meant we often sailed past like ships in the night. I would be working from morning until 8 p.m. She would set off at 7 p.m. and not get in until 3 in the morning. But as I said, eight months had been picturesque. It was just the last month that had been the problem. It all started when I'd gotten in from a long shift on a Saturday and was absolutely exhausted. All I wanted was a shower, a pizza, and my bed. Nothing's changed. Me neither, girl. Same. I got in and headed to the shower. As I finished and was stepping out, I heard what I thought was coughing coming from above. I furrowed my brow and stuck my head out of the bathroom, wrapping a towel around myself as I did so. Catnip? I called upstairs. I wasn't creeped out or anything because I'd because I did remember that my friend was suffering from a seriously bad cold, and I was actually surprised that she had made it into work. She didn't respond, so I went upstairs to check, and everything was as it should have been. My friend was a neat freak, so all of her things were immaculate. Her fairy lights strung up intricately, and her bed creaseless with a mountain of carefully selected, pillowed, piled precariously on top of one another. (laughs) She wasn't there. I put it down to the fact that the walls were so thin, it could have been one of the nurses, and I had misdirected where the noise came from. So after the pizza and pajamas, it was bedtime. I have a thing about thinking I haven't locked the door properly, so before I go to bed, I do a little dance once I've locked the door, as it helps me remember I've done it. I just settled down, and all was quiet, so I switched off the light and prepared to get some shut-eye. It was about ten minutes before it started. The rattling. 
It sounded like someone was rootling through our cutlery in the kitchen. Remember, my bedroom was next door to it. Rootling? That is I, not a word I know. <laughs> I ran over to my light and switched it on. The noise immediately stopped. I was a little freaked out by this, and to calm myself, I did what any self-respecting woman would do. I called my mom. Uh, yeah. She lived a few hours away, and she couldn't drive, but her voice was a comfort. Aww. She answered, and I explained what had happened. She asked if I locked the door, and I told her I had. She asked if I would locked the windows, and I did. I asked if she'd stay on the phone with me for a while, and she agreed. All was silent in the house until I turned the lights off. Then the rootling started again whilst my mom was on the phone. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. My mom could hear the noise and became very worried, suggesting I call the police and catnip. At this point, we thought it was an intruder. I rang Catnip, but she was at work until 3, so there was no way she could get back, especially seeing as the last train was at 12. She had planned to spend the night with her boyfriend because he lived near the bar. I had turned the light on again at this point, and the noise had stopped once more. <laughs> she told me I should get a taxi home, but it would have cost a lot of money, money that students like us didn't have. I felt bad and reassured her I'd be okay, but if she could give me a ring in the morning, that would be great. By now, I would realized that if the light stayed on, then the noise wasn't there. So, my imaginative little brain started coming up with maybe it was the crackling or the wiring from something. True. Catnip was still worried, though, and made me promise that I wouldn't leave the room until she could video chat me in the morning and we could look together. I agreed, and then we hung up. I settled back down in bed, completely nerve-shredded at this point, but it was silent, and I was so relieved. I normally couldn't sleep with the lights on, but I would somehow manage if it meant I wasn't on the verge of a heart attack all night long. Right. It had been about an hour. My poor heart had just begun to settle again. My eyes were getting heavy and in a sleep haze. It was getting more and more believable that it was the dodgy wiring. However, just as I was about to drift off, bang. It felt like someone had thrown themselves into the wall that linked the kitchen and my bedroom. And I shot up so quickly that I thought I'd given myself whiplash. I rang Catnip, but she wouldn't answer. I didn't want to ring the police because I knew nobody was in the house. There were no footsteps or relatively human-made noises. After a very sleepless night, Catnip video called me and felt so bad she'd miss my calls. However, I was alive, though didn't look it after no sleep whatsoever. <laughs> Char, it's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. I'm on video chat to you. I'm here. It's bright sunshine out. If anybody had been in the house, they would have scarpered by now. She told me I knew I had to check. Even if I didn't want to, I'd have to leave my room to get out of the house. I got my nerves together and slowly opened my door. The hallway was silent. I checked the door to make sure it was locked, and it was. I called hello out reluctantly, but nobody responded. At this point, I didn't know what to think. Catnip told me to look in the kitchen first. When I walked in, our vacuum cleaner, which had been placed behind the sofa by us, had been flung across the opposite side of the room, and there was a large dent in the plaster. <gasps> this motherfucker gonna keep them from getting their deposit. Uh-uh. Don't mess with Carrie sleeping. Don't mess with my money. I mean, my money, too. I'm pretty... <laughs> the pot which we kept our cutlery in was tipped over, and there was cutlery all over the worktop. Well, I pretty much welled, nope, 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 not today, <laughs> and hurtled back to my room. So much for being brave. 
It took Catnip a solid half an hour to convince me to check her room. I pleaded with her because I didn't want to. But her MacBook and some pretty sentimental things were in her room, and she would need to ring the police immediately if anything was missing. Eventually, I crept upstairs. At the top of the stairs was her wardrobe with her horse calendar pinned up onto it. She was obsessed with horses. And I kept my eyes fixed on that because I was terrified about what I was going to find. I had reason to. Oh, fuck. The room I had checked only the night before and found it beautifully tidy was a mess. The fairy lights were switched on and dangling half off. Her pillows had been tossed on the floor. Her bed sheets flung off. Pictures fallen from where she'd placed them. <gasps> it was a bombsite. Now Catnip was panicking. And she quickly reeled off where she kept all of her expensive stuff. The odd thing was, as I checked all of the items, like the MacBook, the jewelry, none of it was gone. Even things in plain sight hadn't disappeared. It just didn't make sense. Catnip was relieved that nothing was missing, and I was too. In earnest, I started placing her sheets and pillows back onto the bed. Why, I'm not sure. I think I just wanted a bit of normality and was in complete shock. The house was absolutely silent as I spoke to Catnip. After I had finished, I went to head downstairs. I skated past the wardrobe and was about to approach the very top of the steps. My foot paused mid-air as something caught my eye on the floor. The horse calendar. <gasps> um, hold your fucking horses. Uh, right? I had only just walked past it, and I know, in bold and underlined, it had been pinned up because I had been staring at it when I was too scared to look at what had happened in Catnip's room. Mm-mm. It had been solidly pinned up there, and I know for a fact I hadn't heard it drop. It, One, where is the little thumbtack thing mm -hmm. pinning it up? Because my ass would step on it. Mm -hmm. That's worse than a fucking Lego. Yeah. It meant that someone or something would have had to have gently unhook it and place it very carefully down for me not to have noticed the thud. Calendars are pretty weighty. Plus, if I'd stepped on that calendar with that glossy and slippery paper, I'd have tumbled straight down those stairs. Oh, my God. Without grabbing my coat or my purse or even a correct pair of shoes, I did a couple of Hail Marys and flew out of that apartment and out the door. Over the next week or so, there was a lot of malevolence in the house, but not things massively noticeable. Things would go missing... The hobs would be switched on and the kettle would boil. Glasses would smash onto the floor even when we placed them in the center of the draining board. Mm -mm. I was running out of options and I was so frightened of the house. I didn't have a boyfriend like Catnip and I couldn't escape when I wanted to, though she never left me on my own after that. I eventually went to our university chaplaincy and cried my eyes out to the priest explaining that I knew I sounded like I had been sniffing too much glue. <laughs> And that I sounded crazy, but something was happening in my house. She took me really seriously, thank God, and gave me some advice. She said, thank God. <laughs> I'm thinking, literally. A couple of things pissed it off, but the thing that stopped it was sage. I ended up buying dried sage from my local vegetable and herb store, set it on fire, and burnt it around the corners of the house, windows, doors, etc., I explained calmly that I didn't like that there was someone in the house and that they needed to move on with their lives. I explained that it was our house and that we would not stand for it. After I'd done that, nothing. Not even scratches on the wall. 
I thought it had been the apartment of our dreams, but that one night had been the worst nightmare in the world. Anyhow, that's one of my stories. I'm sorry it was so lengthy, and I really hope you enjoy reading it and that people enjoy listening to it. Keep up the amazing podcast. Love, Char. Kisses. Aw, thank you so much, Charlotte. That was really good. It was. You're a great writer. You know words we don't know. Mm -hmm. Also, shout out to Charlotte because she had an accident and, like, fractured her neck. I know. Oh, my God. That breaks my heart. She was, like, like, on holiday. Yeah, she took students to Italy. I I love people who live in other countries because... I know, y'all do some amazing shit. Yes, it's like, oh, we're just going to Italy. I'm like, what? Like, amazing. Meanwhile, our cool school trips were going to the New Orleans Zoo. I mean, which I was also... Which was very very cool, but that's not fucking Italy. Exactly. Um, But going skiing... Yes. And then, like, second day... I'd have broken my fucking neck, too. Literally. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Actually, I had a sprained an ankle. True. That was just getting off the bus. Oh, girl, you should see me trying to get off of those lifts. (laughs) You made me sit there long enough. My hips get stove up. (laughs) My feet get cold. They just don't bend right. Too many sprains in my life. Ma'am, you're supposed to jump off. Uh, Just one more round. round. (laughs) I got to warm these ankles up. (laughs) They do. You sit there for long enough and your ankles get stiff, so you can't just jump. God, what they think? And I'm like, fit or some shit? <laughs> if I was fit, I would have taken another route. <laughs> if I was fit, I wouldn't be taking this up to my cabin. Exactly. I mean, slopes. <laughs> Nopes. <laughs> give me a snowmobile now. Oh, give me a snowball. Give me extra juice. <laughs> Ew. Oh. <laughs> what What do you think I was I talking about? No, my ball juice. Don't know. <laughs> But, yeah, extra juice on that one. And you like the cream. The condensed milk. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. It's so good. Okay, go. Howdy, gals. I love the show. Y'all are so funny and cool and make me feel like I'm hanging out with my friends when I come to work. And I do carry conversations with (laughs) y'all. Girl, trust me, I do the same fucking thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, Teresa does that when I'm like, uh, that one thing, uh, uh, I'll never forget it. Residual haunting. Mm-hmm. When I could not think of it. Creep mom always knows. Uh-huh. This past weekend, my roommate and I went on a ghost tour of one of the most haunted cemeteries in the Southwest. Ooh. Concordia Cemetery. Fun facts. Outlaw John Wesley Harden is buried there and serial killer Richard Ramirez, <gasps> the Night Stalker. Buried there? Oh, no. He's... It's <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Sorry, she had a comma. (laughs) He used to frequent there before heading to California. Wow. So while we were preparing for the tour, I was getting my camera ready for night shots and adjusting the settings and taking random shots to make sure I was happy with the resolution when I got the attached photo of a fucking shadow person. Uh Uh-uh. I was how the kids say these days, shook. For real. The tour guides gave us a REM pod, REM job, I have to say it, to use for the rest of the tour, and it went off basically all night. And according to the guides, it had never gone off so much in one night, and they were all freaked out and shaking. What? It was simultaneously the creepiest and coolest night of my life. Y'all can post it if you'd like. Love the show and you guys. Your wishfully thinking third BFF, Ashley J. Okay, that picture 
because I pulled it oh, up. Oh, God. She sent it twice. The first time was just the shot, and then the second time she circled the shadow figure. And, girl, you didn't have to do that because I saw it immediately. Yes. I was like, fuck. The fuck? Holy shit balls! There it is. Yeah. Wowza. Yeah, we'll definitely post it. All right. This one is paranormal dot dot dot. Maybe a demon? Oh, fuck. Just spoke about a demon? Uh, no. Now the, oh, shit. Hey, y'all. When I was approximately 13 and angsty, weren't we all? God, oh, gosh, weren't we all? Yes. I spent a lot of time with my next door neighbor. She was a nice woman, maybe 28. Let me smoke cigarettes and cuss. What more do you want? <laughs> that is exactly what I wanted when I was 13. Mm-hmm. And now that we're older, we're like, the fuck? I'm not like, buying you anything. No, I'm not going to jail for you. But back then, though, you wouldn't buy me cigarettes. That pissed me off. <laughs> I'd be like, um, you can buy us alcohol. Like, we're responsible. We're not going to drink and drive. Which we didn't. No, we really didn't. Because, again, we're homebodies. Mm-hmm. We're not driving anywhere. Mm-hmm. One day, I was sitting in her kitchen, 90s glass top table. I looked down and said, Rose, not her real name, when did you get a cat? Rose says, excuse me? What'd you say? Oh, shit. I said, when did you get a cat? She said, Sean, I don't have a cat. What did you see? I said, well, I saw a black cat run from the living room under the table. It brushed against my leg and out the hallway door and down the hall. She then proceeded to tell what I had seen was a demon that had followed her from the time she was a preteen. He was known to run past you in a black mass. I assume I made it a cat in my mind. Then fly down the hallway and turn into a fireball. What? Fireball. <laughs> okay, Pitbull. Somehow, this did not deter me from smoking cigarettes and hanging out with her for three more years <laughs> until I moved. <laughs> it wouldn't have me either, girl. <laughs> not my only story, but the first time I was willing to share with a million people. <laughs> shine on, my people. Shine time. Thank you, Shine. Oh, my God. I love that. And I totally can relate. Not to the demon. That would have scared the shit out of me. <laughs> right? Okay, second time writing in because I had to share this one with y'all. It's got both paranormal and what could have been true crime all in one. Y'all ready? Here we go. Yes. Carrie needs her bullet already. Damn. Tell them my secrets. (laughs) 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 Okay. Woo. I have a really incredible best friend with a truly incredible family. Did you write this? I did. I would spend literally every weekend with them at their house when I was young. My friend's mom is someone I still consider to be a second mother to me, and she is responsible for my love of all things creepy, horror movies, Halloween, and actually my interior design sense as well. Seriously, she's a huge influence in my life. Anyway, during the summer of 8th grade, they invited me on a road trip to Nevada and California. We stopped at this supposedly haunted town in Virginia City, Nevada, Called the Silver Queen. I could not work there because I couldn't say Mm. the fucking name. My friend and I stayed in one room while her mom and her mom's friend stayed in the room next to us. This is an old hotel with balconies off the rooms and a really cool fireplace and bar in the basement. In the basement? Mm -mm. Uh -uh, You ain't getting me to go down to the basement. Nope. My friend and I were hanging out in the front of the fireplace and this drunk but nice man sitting in the bar, swivels around on his bar stool and starts talking to us. We get closer and are having a nice conversation with him. No big deal. But then he tries to get us to come into the bar. He'll buy us a drink. Dude, we're like 13. Mm -mm. 
He's flirtatious and it's starting to get creepy, but I'm not sure how to really leave without being a jerk. I didn't know what I know now. Fuck politeness. Uh huh. Suddenly, my friend for real up and runs away, <laughs> leaving me there alone. <laughs> Damn, her friend said fuck politeness to the man <laughs> and her. She said, yon yon, bitch. <laughs> Every man for himself. Meanwhile, she was just, she literally got the, the shit scared out of her and was like, gotta, gotta go. go. Emergency shit. <laughs> <laughs> then there's a hand on my arm and it's him. No. He's sweet talking me, saying he's glad she left so he could talk to me alone. Oh, no. What the fuck? I pull away from him and say, she must be sick. I need to go check on her and run the hell out of there myself. Fast forward to a little bit later, after I cussed her out for leaving me, (laughs) she thought I would follow her. We're hanging out in our room when suddenly the doorknob to the balcony starts shaking. What the fuck? Soft and timid at first, like someone is just testing it. I automatically think back to the man downstairs and think, fuck, he knows where we are. I back myself up into the corner opposite of the door and look at my friend who is visibly freaked, as am I. I ask her if the door is locked and she vaults herself over the bed to lock the door. Just as the door started to creak slowly open. Oh my God. She yells, there's no one there. What? And that's when I remember we are in a haunted hotel. The handle starts shaking violently, and now there's pounding on the door. I've got my hands over my face, backed as far into the corner as I can be, and she's hiding in the bathroom. Then, like someone flipped a switch, it's done. The door is still. It's quiet. We catch our breath. I might have been crying a bit. I don't remember. Anyway, our hearts are pounding, our hands are shaking, and we hear laughing. Oh, no, no. Laughing from her mom's next door. I knew it! (laughs) Hysterical laughing. Our ghost, her mom. She laughed so hard at her little prank, she even pissed herself. (laughs) (laughs) Me as a mom. (laughs) She thinks she's hilarious. Oh, my God. She still gives us crap about it 20 years later. I swear to God I was going to guess it was the mom. (laughs) Well, that's it. My almost true crime story and not-so-paranormal experience. Hope you enjoyed my little story. Have a great day, Meg. Oh, my God, Meg. That was great. Great. Not great that a predator was preying on you. Yes. Maybe he was actually a ghost. What? Mind fucking blown. (laughs) He wasn't real. He was an incubus. All right, last one. Hello, ladies. My name is Lilith, and I have my friends, Manda and Billy, to thank for introducing me to your fabulous podcast. Thank y'all. I have a few paranormal experiences from my childhood, all surrounding the home we lived in. The area I grew up in, in North Carolina, was commonly referred to as Tent City. This was because the major mill that used to be here had all of its workers living in this area. You guessed it tent like big army style ones anyway the house my parents were renting was at that time the only house in the area which meant it was used for many things a hospital funeral etc wow the house itself had such a creepy vibe without this knowledge 
partly, I think, because of the well of the house being enclosed within the walls off the back of the house in the laundry room. Mm-mm. I didn't know well, they did that. Same. As a Wiccan now, I know how much energy water carries and think it definitely lent to the vibes. My first paranormal experience there happened when I was 13. You know, a lot of our stories like are start when people are like 13. I wonder if that's when you kind of really come into your yeah. sensitivity. I woke up in the middle of the night because I heard something in my room. My room was formerly a den that was converted to my bedroom but still had an old fireplace in it. I opened my eyes, and right in front of me, I saw a little boy. Mm-mm. I remember at first, he just looked at me. Then, I realized he had a slight glow to him and was dressed like he was from the 1900s. He had a baseball glove on and an old-style baseball cap that he had placed on his head. He turned to walk towards the door, then vanished. I was terrified and started calling for my sister, thinking she was playing a prank on me. My next experience causes me so much stress now that I know the history of the home. The way the house was set up, you could stand in the kitchen and look through my parents' room and into mine. One night, as I was washing dishes, I turned to look through and saw tall shadow figures going through my room toward the living room. It was off my bedroom and disappearing. Mm-hmm. All in all, there were about 15 I saw do this. Holy shit, it's like an assembly line. Later, I would find out that the den that was my bedroom used to be where they would have the viewings for funerals for the workers in the area. I never felt comfortable in that room after I saw those figures and often slept in the living room. The last most terrifying experience I had happened on the grounds of the house. Behind the home, there were multiple barns filled with various things. One was full of old corn cobs, which was terrifying enough. (laughs) I was drawn to this one barn and decided to make it my clubhouse. One day, I was outside of my clubhouse playing when I got an uneasy feeling that I was being watched. I looked around and didn't see anything or anyone. The house was surrounded by wood, so many hunters would use our property throughout the year. I just ignored the feeling and just carried on playing until I heard my mom calling for lunch. I got up and started to leave, but as I walked towards the door, something stopped me, like I ran into a wall. (gasps) I panicked and didn't know what to do, so I just stood there as I felt like something was slowly surrounding me, Mm -mm. first grabbing my wrist and then slowly engulfing me. (gasps) I heard my mom calling again, and suddenly it was gone. But my wrists both had three scratches on them. Shit. I ran as fast as I could, crying to the house. Once I got inside, I found my mother was not home and that no one had called me to lunch. (gasps) No. I never went back into my clubhouse and still have no idea who was calling me. But whoever it was, I thank the universe that they called me and made whatever had caught me let me go. Yes. Hope you enjoyed just a few of my experiences. I definitely have more to share later. Thanks for having such a wonderful podcast that helps me get through my work days, Lilith. Oh, my gosh. Well, my first instinct is it's the mother of that little boy with the baseball Mm -hmm. club and stuff. And maybe he made that his clubhouse. Yeah. Or something. And, like, you know, she's calling him in for lunch or whatever. Mm, Good thought. I don't know. I was thinking it was, like, legit, like, her guardian angel. Ooh, calling yeah. her out to be like, okay, come get out. You know what I yeah. mean? Without like being like, leave, you know? Yeah. Because True. Sh- they knew it was bad. Damn, that would be my guardian angel. Come get food. Okay, okay. I'll go. Finger sandwiches without the crust. Come and get it. Damn, I'd be like, 
<laughs> Let me go run. <laughs> no sloth here. <laughs> That's the only time you run. Mm-hmm. Jackrabbit speed. Engaged. <laughs> <laughs> hungry, hungry hippo. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow, those are really good. Thank y'all so freaking much so for sending much. those in. We love your stories. And that's all. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) No, we are so thankful that y'all share with us. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, these were awesome. Y'all never disappoint with your amazing stories. So keep sending them in. Aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Or you can go through our website aparanormalchicks.com. Yeah, and they can be any length. It can be long. It can be short, you know. It could be true crime. It could be paranormal. It could be, what the fuck was this? It could be, my kid said the weirdest fucking thing. I think he might be an alien. (laughs) Yes, anything. Like, I was driving home late and saw, you know, thought I saw something on the side of the road and whatever. My story would be, it was a deer and it hit me. Yes, she said it hit her. Because they did. And my mama, see, she she can't be here to back me up, but let me just tell you, she would. Because she thought the same thing. Because that is my go-to. When I was younger, I had a bike wreck, and she was like, Donna, what happened? I said, the rocks flew up and fucking hit me. Well, I probably didn't say fucking, I don't know, maybe You I may did. have. <laughs> <laughs> One time, she was knocking on the bathroom door, and she kept bugging me. And she said, Donna, are you okay? And I said, I'm shitted. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like three. (laughs) She never let me live that down. She's like, are you shitted? I'm "I'm shitted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, so I told her, like, the deer literally hit me. It fell off of a big truck coming and hit me. And so it fell off of a truck? It hit a truck. It was a two-way. Mm-hmm. Hit the truck and bounced onto my thing. They said if I would have hit it, it would have totaled my car. Damn. And, I mean, it was a lot of damage. But we were coming from my house, and this, <laughs> it came out. And she was like, it tried to hit you. I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> yes. I was not lying this time. <laughs> I mean, the rocks didn't fly up. Okay, I'll give you that. And I did shit it, but. <laughs> <laughs> I just shit in my pants, mama. <laughs> okay sorry there's my sinister sighting (laughs) okay on that note remember creep it real and and don't don't get get scared. scared